drink it in now. Touchdown Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in now. Troy Kool-Aid drinkers, what's going on, everybody? Drink it in now. I'm your host, Derek Oakry, here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, coming to you, as I always do, talking Detroit Lions, and uh, I got a fun show here for you today. It's going to be me, Rand or Raven, going solo a little bit, but I got a, a, a caller into the Detroit Kool-Aid cast listener line. His name is Logan Lamarandier. We'll get to that in a little bit. Me and him had about a 15, 20-minute chat about the draft, the schedule, Jared Goff, all types of good things there. So we'll get into that. Everybody, please bear with me um, in regard to my mic. I've been using a different um, setup here at the DTO scouting office to do the podcast. So if you hear a little something or if it does not sound quite right, let me know. But I'm just tweaking some things, some volumes and whatnot, as well as when I'm using this Kool-Aid cast listener line, you know, the quality might be a little bit different. We're trying to get some of those things hashed out as well. But I think it'll be a, a great time to hear me and Logan talk some Lions ball. But before we get to that, I want to circle back to this draft class real quick, because one thing I was thinking about recently is, you know, you got Hutch, you got Jamison Williams. Everybody is going to be focused on those two guys, right? And and rightfully so. They, then you come in the second round and people are really seeming to love Pascal, but you also have some people that are kind of like, you know, maybe you could have got him later or how productive is he going to be? You get into the third round, you got Kirby Joseph. Everybody loves him because he's got that, he's got that like quandre, not a quandre personality because quandre was kind of no nonsense, right? Kirby's got like that Louis Delmas meet, you know, Tracy Walker type mentality where he just seems to love ball. He's a really fun loving guy. It seems like he does backflips all over the place. Everybody likes a good backflip. So there's not too many worries about them. But I want to talk about the picks that I think are the most important in this draft. And that's Rodriguez, James Mitchell, the tight end. And James Houston, the outside linebacker edge type player that they took from Jackson State. And, and the reason I want to talk about those three is I think they're all three at really intriguing, interesting positions that the Lions need to fill or are looking for ball players at. And they seem good on paper, and they have good mentalities, and they have some questions, either injuries or size or where they went to school or whatever. But it's like I'm just trying to figure out, are these guys going to be ball players for the Lions are these going to be guys that you look back and like, man, I remember just thinking Rodriguez is really going to be good. And he washes out as like a smaller backer that's more of a, you know, we've already seen it with Killebrew. We saw it with Jalen Reeves-Maven. Both those picks I loved when they made. It was like, man, we got Miles Killebrew in like, what, the third, fourth round? Something like that. Oh, man, we got Jalen Reeves-Maven in the fourth, fifth round. And, and then they just hurt. 
you know, special teams gunners and stuff only. And it's like they never could make plays on defense. So he, he's the one I really have circled. Malcolm Rodriguez, the outside backer from Oklahoma State. I feel like he's got tree trunks for legs. He's ripped in the upper torso as well. I heard a couple interviews with him. He's very smart, very no-nonsense, very um, guy that loves football and wants to come here and, and earn his spot and whatnot. And I, I really love everything about him. You know, you turn his tape on and you see him just flying past linemen. They can't get to him. He gets to the ball carrier. He makes plays. A couple, he had interception pick six. You see, you know, some turnovers that he creates. I think he's... If he can find a spot or just kind of earn his spot, work his way up, I feel like this is a guy that could be a fan favorite and a guy that Lions fans really gravitate to and a guy that, yeah, he's a little bit smaller, but, man, he just has instincts. He can get to the ball, and if he gets to the ball, he's, he's going he's gonna to get you on the ground, you know, that type of player. So he's the one I'm really intrigued by because I think he can make the – earliest impact a guy that just comes in before you know it he's like out there on the field a lot or you know he's he's a nice impactful linebacker whether he's playing you know middle outside you know where packages wherever they have them and the Lions need that they really do I mean we still don't know what we have in Derek Barnes you know you have an Anzalone there that can bring this kid along but it would be fun to have a run-and-shoot type linebacker that can really make plays, call the defense, be that guy in the middle, and let Derek Barnes maybe do some other things that he's he's better at. So Rodriguez is the guy I really have um, you know, circled. But let's talk about James Mitchell for a second because I was the guy crying and just calling at the mountaintop, so we need another tight end. You know, it's a big joke now. Oh, the Lions took tight end here and there, and what do we need tight ends for? Well, you need tight ends because they occupy the middle of the football field, and they block, they catch, they do lots of things for the team. So they're important. You just have to find the right ones at the right spots. Now, we know the Lions have went out and, you know, spent big draft capital on tight ends that, you know, one, you know, Eric Ebum, the fry paying fry pan hands man um you know we know that hasn't worked out and he's you know working at the local bowling alley now but you know you got tj Hawkinson who seems to be doing what he needs to we'd like to see a little bit more some people think he's god's greatest gift to being a tight end uh you know at the position i mean we'll wait and see this year this should be a breakout year for him we'd really like to see him I take the next step, but I don't know, stay out there on the football field, maybe score a few more touchdowns, maybe not drop a few, maybe uh, make some run after catch. I don't know, maybe a seam ball here or there where you actually get big time yardage rather than these little dumps and chunks that he gets. Uh, But obviously, I mean, I love TJ a lot, but I just need to see a little bit more. But James Mitchell is a guy that they took, you know, fifth round think he was the fifth Rodriguez went and like it's a sneaky pick I think because this guy looks the part he's got some production when he was out there he is kind of explosive in the catching game which you like to see but not like you know a, a big time guy coming out of college more of like a when he had the ch- chance he was catching like you know 17 8 yard 18 yard to catch it's not a huge sample size he's obviously coming off an ACL injury but that's kind of what the Lions need. They need like a 2-3 tight end that can still be a threat, 
but isn't an absolute, you know, windmill when it comes to blocking as well, which Mitchell has a little bit of pop, a little bit of ability to block you when he needs to. But, man, we'd love to see a guy that could just pop one here or there, you know, like when the Lions dial up something where it's actually like a good play call against good defense and here's guys uncovered and he gets a nice 25-yard chunk. That's what I'd like to see from James Mitchell. It doesn't have to be – you know, all day, every day. It's kind of like exactly when we need it from a guy the defense isn't keying on to a guy that can do those types of things and make plays. So I'm curious to see what he has. There's a little bit in me that he has sort of a mentality. It's I liked his interviews, but it wasn't really dog mentality. He didn't seem like an alpha, but he seemed like a guy that was willing to be the backup to Hawkinson, a guy that can kind of knows we can do confident in himself, but the Lions will just have to put this guy, I think, in a position to do what he needs to to make plays. And uh, curious to see what he has. The, the, the big wild card to me is James Houston. Now, you know, former player at Florida, then, you know, went over to Jackson State with Prime, Coach Prime. Let me get it right. And gosh, you just turn on this guy. He just seems so much more like an edge player to me. Yet here the Lions go, the first rookie camp. They got him playing off the ball, outside back or will, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know, man. Like this guy looks ripped to me. He is smart when he steps to the microphone on his tape. He just he blows off the football. He he attacks the quarterback or the ball carrier. He slings you to the ground. He gets the ball out when needed. Like all the things you want. It's like will that translate? And the reason I call him the wild card is because if this guy hits, man, if he's a if he's a rotational player, this is a guy that pops all of a sudden where every week it's like, man, did you see that play James Houston made? Like, man, James Houston's coming off the ball like a monster. Wow, James Houston getting some pressure on the quarterback. Even if the sack numbers aren't there, but, like, Houston is making plays. And, like, you know all these guys are going to be like, they got to earn it through special teams. Special teams is a third of the game. No, it's not. But um, it is important asset, but not as important as, as most people let you think, especially in today's game where it's kick it through the end zone, fair catch, you know, all this garbage that happens for that player safety and whatnot. So you don't need these dynamic you know, special teams demons anymore. You don't need to spend a big resource on a returner because you never return anymore. So, yes, these guys are going to have to earn it in that area, but I just feel like James Houston, if he could play some good special teams, if he can find a role as a rush player, that's where he's going to be the most valuable. I don't need him playing off-the-ball coverage linebacker all day, every day. Now, if he could play that position and run and tackle and, and be a heat-seeking missile, I, I don't mind it. But I think he's much better with that stand-up or his hand-down kind of coming from that outside linebacker blitz player like like Harris, who we have doing that type of thing, like Julian O'Quara, where that's kind of his specialty as well. So I got James Houston as my wild card. I've got Rodriguez as my most important from this draft to see if he can really make an impact. And then I've got James Mitchell as kind of that guy that he might not excite you when they took him. He might not make you feel great when you look at him or know that he's hurt or didn't watch him much in college, but it was like a much needed player because it was Mr. Hawkinson and then it was Brock Wright 
and like seven other guys you never heard of, which finally they started thinning out the the tight end depth chart. I swear a week ago we had eight, nine tight ends on the roster. Now we've got down to four, five, whatever it is. It's probably going to be Hawkinson, Mitchell, Wright, you know, and then you're going to mix in like another guy that's going to be that H-back, you know, tight end swing type player. Um you know, both in camp or we'll see what they cut down to when they when they get it rolling. But I'm just here to tell you, I just want to start this segment before we get to Logan Lammer and Deer of like, you know, the top guys are going to kind of do their thing. I'm not too worried about Pascal. I'm not worried at all about Jameson Williams. Well, the only thing that worries me about Jameson Williams is I need to have him ultra productive. Like, I don't want to see the Deshaun Jackson type where, yeah, he gets a couple long touchdowns. But other than that, he's not used very much. I need Jamison Williams to see the football consistently. I need him to be used as the number one once he's ready to roll. I need him to be thrown the deep ball. Don't just tell me he could take the top off. Show me by throwing it down the field and getting the ball to this kid because he's absolutely electric. And, and you know, I just I have to keep tapping and pinching myself that we have Aiden Hutchinson. Like, Hutch. You guys know who he is. Like, just the fact that he's in Lions gear and that we have a, a edge player now with some absolute credentials and some ability and he's young and he's big and he's athletic. It just... It's going to make all the difference in the world. So we know those top guys are going to do what they do. Kirby, I don't have too many worries about. But, man, those guys in the fifth, sixth, and even that seventh round. I'm not going to go on a, on a Chase Lucas tangent here, but... I, I didn't love that pick because I think they could have swung more for a, a big-time hit at that point. But Chase Lewis is very safe to me. He's a guy that if he can make the team, I think he's a very safe depth corner that's a great locker room guy and a guy that is warming up to me a lot. He's he's very solid in every area, if you ask me. So those middle guys, Rodriguez, Mitchell, Houston, and even Chase Lucas are going to be very important to if we look back at this draft and we're like, man, that was something that did change the franchise. Or if we look back and we're like, Hutch, Jameson Williams are studs. Pascal's pretty dang good. Or at least, you know, uh, a productive player. Kirby in and out of the lineup, whatever it is. But those other ones just didn't work out. That's that's what takes a great draft to a, hmm, 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 ho-ho. You know, all those type of sounds when you look at it rather than, oh, baby. <laughs> You guys know what it sounds like. Oh, baby! Oh, baby! Yeah, that's what we're hoping to say about this draft class. So, everybody, let me get out of here for this first little bit. Let's get Logan Lamer in here. Let's get this call in. Again, you guys can call into the Kool-Aid cast listener line at 989-272-3484. You can leave a voicemail. You can text it. You can try to call up at random points in the day and see if I'll just randomly pick up and talk Lions football with you, which I might do. Um, but Logan was good enough to call that listener line. We we talked for about 15, 20 minutes, got into all those topics I mentioned off the top. So we'll get him in here. And we come back, man. I got some takes on the schedule. I may have another couple tricks up my sleeve. So I'll end up coming back a little bit after Logan's done. So everybody, check this out. Everybody, you know what that sound is, calling in on the Kool-Aid cast line, the one and only Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated All Lions. 
Logan, you're calling into the line. Everybody knows that number, 989-272-3484. We got to talk some draft and some Lions schedule, man. How you doing? Oh, doing good. We got uh, a lot to talk about here. <laughs> definitely, man. You were nice enough to uh, call in. I know you're busy with a million other things, but definitely wanted to get you on here. And, and we really haven't talked since the draft, man. A couple texts here and there. I know you put out an article on Sports Illustrated All Lions giving your takes on the picks, kind of who you would have taken, you know, things like that. But, I mean, we're about a week or two out. Like, just give me your big picture view of what you think Brad Holmes did in this draft. And do you think it's really going to pay dividends for the Detroit Lions? Yeah, big picture. Yeah, I really like what they did because you know me, uh, being on this podcast funny, I always <laughs> prioritize athletes. And they drafted a lot of really high-end athletes, which I really like. And not only that, like beyond just athletic ability, there's athletes that are just purely athletes that are projects that get projected in the next level. All of these guys the Lions drafted had, have had huge seasons. You just go down the list. Hutchinson, you know, obviously – yeah, he is what he is. Everyone knows what he is. Jamison Williams put up a huge year. Josh Pascal, even though he, I, he's not a flashy edge bender or anything like that, he's a versatile guy who can go inside and outside, just super strong, very explosive. Kirby Joseph had five interceptions last year, which I think was tied to the, the nation for the top, um, for the most interceptions. James Mitchell tore his ACL early in the season last year, but the year before that, it was a pretty productive season, and he was you know, I, I like where they took a tight end at this, in this draft and they took a flyer on a high upside guy. Malcolm Rodriguez was, you know, all pros, depending on which publication you look at. Uh, James Houston from Jackson State just put up unreal numbers while he was there. And yes, it's a small school, but um, probably used him a little bit more at off-ball linebacker as well. And then Chase Lucas, again, fits the athletic profile. I think there's a decent chance that he can stick on the roster to be kind of that nickel type of corner depending on A.J. Parker, if he's able to continue off. So looking at that entire list, just a lot of good athletes, a lot of high-end production. Um, I, none of these guys were reaches. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson and Kirby Joseph, you know, that's, those are two picks in my mind that I thought were really good. The whole Jamison Williams, I don't know if you want to get into that trade-up right now, but um, I'm conflicted with that. I like the player, but I'm not – I didn't really love giving up more draft picks in a draft that was – you know, had a lot of really good middle round players and a team that could use a lot of um, talent, but, you know, have different holes to fill. So uh, overall, I thought it was great. Drink it in. Uh... <laughs> Lots of great Kool-Aid there for everybody and optimism. I love to hear that. And yes, Mr. Lamarandier, I want to get into Jamison Williams. Like, I, I want to know what your first thought was when the Lions popped up at 12. Because I know for me, it was, huh? With the Vikings? What? Oh, no. Why did we give it? What, we probably gave up a first next year. But when I saw the price, when I saw the player, and if you want to listen to the Kool-Aid live reactions, I said, if it was me, I'm drafting Jamison Williams at 12. Then the Lions stepped to the podium, did the exact same thing, man. I'm so fired up about this guy as a talent and as a player. Give us your, you know, real thoughts as it was happening. Yeah, so at the time when I saw him trade up, I was like, oh, no, please not a quarterback. <laughs> right. I, I didn't want to trade up for a quarterback. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I bet it's Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton was kind of my guy I liked, you know, a player that all throughout the pre-draft process, really up until the combine, 
you know, everyone thought he was one of the best players in the draft. There's a need at safety. I was like, maybe it's Kyle Hamilton. And then once the Jameson Williams pick happened, I'm like, we probably should have saw this coming a little bit because Brad Holmes always talks about how he wanted like a pure speed receiver. And that's Jameson Williams to a T. And honestly, when I talk about elite speed, it's not just fast. Like everyone's mostly fast in the NFL. Jameson Williams is on another level uh, type of fast, which I just love. Um, you know, he runs good routes. He creates separation. Just anytime there's like a, a longer route, he just, he, like there's no, the separation there is just, it happens every time because guys can't keep up with them. So it's crazy. And as an element to this offense, I think it's really going to help a lot of the underneath routes because you have to pay attention to where Jamison Williams is at. And the whole ACL thing, that doesn't bother me all that much. Um, seems like he's coming along well. If the Lions have to put him on the, the pup list to start the season, that's fine. Take as much time as you want with him and just get him healthy. But I was really nervous about the whole trade of how much they were giving up. Um, and in most years, like, this would just be unreal to move up 20 spots in the first round all the way to pick 12 and essentially only move back a couple spots in the second round and give up a high third-round pick. Like, that's not that much. Like, that's, that's a win. So I have no problem with how the trade went down. It's just to me, it's like there was guys in those middle rounds, and maybe I just had focused too much in – on all these players that I liked more than most in the middle rounds. I just thought this draft was so deep uh, in the second and third rounds at a lot of positions that the Lions needed. And I, it's just, obviously I hope I'm wrong and I hope Jameson Williams is just a superstar, but I feel like I would have rather taken the gamble on having, um, you know, those three second and early third round pick over one pick in the first round. But I, I love the player. I think it's a great player, but, just at where the Lions were in their timeline, I didn't know, I didn't really necessarily think that they were going to be aggressive and trying to move up as much as they did for a receiver. But I don't, don't hate it by any means. It's just, I'm not as in love with it <laughs> as I definitely hear some people are. Come on, Logan. Like me and you, we both love draft. Everyone loves draft picks. Oh, we're going to get this player. I love this player. You get this player in the third, fourth round. We went up 20 spots in round one. We got the best playmaker in the entire draft. As you said, speed that does not not only not grow on trees, you can't find it anywhere. And this guy's going to be that game changer that Brad Holmes talked about. So I, I love it a ton. I can't believe the Vikings would let us get this type of player and know uh, that's who we were going for. I can't believe they were just kind of – they basically like took a third and let us move – you know, back a little bit in the second is basically when it really breaks down of, of how this thing shapes up. So I, I just think you, we can't nitpick over it. I mean, you, these, you don't find these guys and, and the whole ACL, it's like people are acting like this guy's got polio. He's got something he's never going to come back from guys come back from ACLs all day, every day. Like the fact that people passed on until 12 just still blows my mind. Um, just these teams that are only thinking about the here and right now. What if he misses two games, four games, six games, is, is that really knock him down? Like, you know, eight spots, because if not, he probably goes four or five somewhere in that range, you know, with his talent. So Anyway, man, you're 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 the star of the show here. I think you need to get on board with this pick because I think he's just going to be something we haven't had here in Detroit in forever. Um, everybody, you definitely got to go check out um, 
Logan's articles. I know every time I'm playing my podcast too, he's always popping up on the huge show, doing some spots, doing some big things. So I encourage everybody to go check him out. And we only got him for a few more minutes. So Logan, what I want to ask you about the draft a little bit more are these kind of these middle picks, you know, the, the Mitchell at tight end, the, um, you know, the problem, is he going to be that um, for other teams or, or for the Detroit Lions? You know, Rodriguez, is this kid going to be able to make plays at linebacker? Are you with me that those are kind of the important picks that need to pan out to make this draft where everyone's grading it? Do you think they will? Or do you think these might be picks we look back a year or two and we're like, man, we were so hyped, but those middle late guys didn't work out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you can really – boost a rebuild if you start hitting on some of these late picks and you know Kirby Joseph I already mentioned him he was one of my favorite just because safety is such an instinctive position and anyone that has like ball hawking ability like Kirby Joseph does you know even they even played him at wide receiver in the year prior just because he he does he knows how to high point a football and you'll see him come down with 50-50 balls Uh, I think that's a huge asset to have Uh, and you know he has some work to do against the run um, but again, I, I think as a safety, you're looking for a playmaker and that's what Kirby Joseph is. Uh, James Mitchell, I, I like that pick. Um, we didn't get any numbers on him or measurables, uh, just because he tore his ACL in the week, like two or three of the college season. So he, you know, passing all that stuff, but he looks like, uh, he's a pretty good pass catcher. He looks pretty athletic. I, I'm not going to say he's like over athletic or anything like that. Then even in the run game, I feel like he's a pretty complete tight end. He's not a great run blocker, but uh, he he seems like he could improve in that aspect. And he has like the want to, which is big. You know, a lot of times those big tight ends who are just pass catchers, they're not really ever trying to be good in the run game. They want to just catch the ball. I I think Mitchell can do it all. Um, Malcolm Rodriguez, to me, like, it's just crazy because he is small and he has short arms. But you look at his size, he's still bigger than, you know, Nicobe Dean, who everyone was on board with taking. And he had just almost just as much as production as Nicobe Dean. He's all over the field. He's very athletic. Uh, the short arms, I, I just feel like if Lions know and understand that, yeah, he might not be able to take on a guard uh, one-on-one head up. But if if you let him run free, I think he's he can be nice. I'm, I'm pretty high on Malcolm Rodriguez. I think of the later round picks, he was, he was my favorite, um, but it's James Houston. It's I go back and forth on him because he's supposed to be a great athlete, but you look at his measurables um, as an as an off ball linebacker. He's a big, bigger off ball linebacker on the edge. I, I I care a lot about the three cone times because that usually shows your ability to to bend. And he didn't really. I think it was like a seven four one, and I'm usually looking for like sub seven. For, for guys I like that are on the edge. So we'll see how he's used. Um, he, he might be a little bit of a versatile chess piece that can be all over the place. But, yeah, those – Chase Lucas, I think, is just a solid player. I, being – what is he, 25 years old? I, I You know, how much room uh, does he have left to improve? But I think he can come right in and at least put up uh, some numbers on special teams and – go after a backup or reserve corner spot. I mean, I'm right with you on all those breakdowns, but I guess my thing was more, 
looking into the future, man, do you think these guys are going to make plays? Do you think they're going to be able to fill starting roles? Are they going to be guys that we look back at as steals? Or are they guys that we're rambling off all the great, you know, what ifs and maybes that you just did about what they can do, but they can't do it at the next level or they, they can't find a impactful spot on this team. I guess that's where I was going is just, I, I want to see it pan out. You know, I want to see these guys, I want to see Rodriguez like making an impact at linebacker here in the first year or two. I want to see, um, you know, Houston finding a, a role where he can, um, you know, they have him off ball. It sounds like, but bring him more off the edge and let him hunt. He's, he's a big, big rip dude so I, i'm really hopeful that can happen more so than looking at this draft grade looking at it on paper and saying wow they got this guy that's good value or look at his measurable look at his athleticism logan lambrandier but he never does anything <laughs> on sundays at one o'clock which is basically when we play every single week so um <laughs> I, I got one more question for you draft related because you're mr athlete scores three cones are you with me yet on character, on football, makeup, grit? I mean, look, look at Josh Pascal. I mean, you can go and tell me he should have been in the third round. Oh, I don't know if I love this, that, and other. I love this guy. Like, the more studying I've been doing on him, did I love it live? No, he wasn't a guy I spent a ton of time on. But you dig in and you see that there's so much more to this guy and all these players not only from a character standpoint, but I think there's a certain swag, a love for football that Brad Holmes has a really good pulse for. These are guys that I think are going to come in and be ball players or, or love ball, as Dan Campbell says. Are you with me yet on that, or is it all numbers still to you? <laughs> you know, it's just tough to gauge before the draft, and we're not giving interviews. So to me, I always just look at film, and the measurables is my two big things. And uh, obviously the Lions take into account character as they should. And I think it is important, but when I'm evaluating, it's just really tough to get a good sense of where each player is at as far as their character goes. So I, it's important, but I still would rather have a really good football player um, than just going after high character guys, but when you, but you can combine it and find all of it. That's awesome. And so far it seems like all these guys have a great football you know, just ball players, as Campbell would say. Yeah, I, I don't know how you don't fall in love with some of these guys when they step to the podium or when they you read up on their bios and see what they're all about. But I, I'm with you. I hear what you're saying. So, um, you know, everybody go check out L. Lamarandier on Twitter. He's always doing big things out there, putting out polls, stats, numbers, all the type of good lines takes that we like here. We got just a couple more minutes with you. I mean, any big hot takes on the schedule? Uh, it dropped. Lions basically playing one o'clock. They got the one primetime game, which is the game they have every year, which is Thanksgiving. Thanks, NFL. But I absolutely love it, to be honest. I mean, Lions football one o'clock on a Sunday. I, that's what I'm all about. So what were your thoughts? <laughs> well, you, you just kind of stole my hot take. I have no <laughs> issue with having every single yeah. game in the early window on Sunday outside of Thanksgiving. I, like, I, I have no issue with that whatsoever. Yeah, it's nice to be in prime time every once in a while. But as far as like scheduling goes and just consistency, you just know every week, every Sunday, I, there's nothing I like dislike more than being one o'clock on a Sunday and I'm like, the Lions are not like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like I watch other games, which is fun, but I just like that one o'clock window where I know they're going to be on and I don't have to wait for Sunday night or Monday night. Um, and when the Lions get a little bit better, you want them to be in the spotlight more for sure. But at this point, it doesn't bug me one bit that they didn't get any late night primetime games. 
Exactly. I, I love the consistency of it. I think the team will rally around it. I, I do think that's going to be a hard opener, sort of, the way Philly has loaded up this offseason. They went from, ah, Philly, whatever. Then they smacked us last year, and now they loaded up on talent. So that's going to be a tough opener, but a decent, easy schedule to start, and hopefully they get rolling, do some things. So, um, you know, we'll see where they go. And I want to get out on this, man. Jared Goff, like – you know, my boy at Chops in the D comes on every once in a while. He's always up on Twitter pumping up Jared Goff as this big thing. I'm always saying he can't throw <laughs> like, but I'm rooting for this guy. He's got weapons now at all levels. He's got an offensive line. He's got now guys we loaded up on defense that hopefully will make plays. Right now, as we stand today here in the middle of May, Logan Lamarandier, are you on the golf bandwagon? Do you think he's going to disappoint us? Is he going to be right smack in the middle like most of your answers normally are here when you come on the show? Like, where are you at with 16, Jared Goff, the quarterback of the Detroit Lions? <laughs> you know me well. I'm going right down the middle. <laughs> oh, no. I think we know, what, we know what golf is at this point. I'm not <laughs> expecting greatness from him, but it would be just unbelievable if he can turn around and go well above and beyond expectations because looking at his contract he has right now, it looks like a steal compared to some of the other quarterback contracts coming out right now. So if he does turn around, you don't have to spend draft capital on trying to find a new quarterback, which would be <laughs> great because you can continue adding draft picks next year and have two more like first round draft picks. Like that'd be ideal if golf could really turn it around and just be more than what he's shown the past few years. But I, I but. have no reason for me to believe that Goff <laughs> is all of a sudden going to be a much better quarterback than he's been the past few years. Uh, all right, so you're hoping he's good, but you don't think he'll be good. So we're right where we start. He's, I got, he's an average I got quarterback. He's just, that's what he is. Like, you can win with that. You see other, like Garoppolo and Tannehills of the world, that you have enough talent around him, you can go places, but – to really get to the next level, if you have a good team, you typically need a good quarterback too. But there's a lot of different ways to win in the NFL. I just wouldn't put all my eggs in the golf basket. <laughs> all right. Well, cool, man. Well, I, I'm like proud of myself because I told you like their time window and I'm like hit it right on the dot. So we need to get up out of here right now. But I plugged your Twitter. I talked about Sports Illustrated All Lions. I said how awesome you do on these radio hits all day, every day. And you're so gracious to come on the Kool-Aid cast. Logan, did I miss anything? Do you want to say anything else to the people before you get up out of here? I mean, what are you thinking? Oh, you you covered it well. I'm really surprised that we made this 20 minutes also. Cause, uh, and that's why that, I'm that never proud. Happened. Because we always go over, but when we start talking ball, it's just fun. It just flies by, man. So um, I just can't thank you enough for calling the Kool-Aid cast line, 989-272-3484. Put it on your speed dial, whatever you got to do, because I love having you on the show. Great thoughts about the Lions. I think me, you, and all the Kool-Aid drinkers should be really excited about this draft for the Lions. They got to go out and make plays now. We love this schedule as well. So but let's let's get to July and August, man, and get back to football. How about that? <laughs> yeah, we got the summer lull, and now it's just the wait. And I'm really looking forward to this team. There's a lot of young talent, which is going to be a lot of fun. Even if the Lions don't win a bunch of games or anything like that, at least there's a lot of young and upcoming talent that you can kind of focus on. It will be great. So, Logan, man, thanks for calling in. I'll check you again here on the Kool-Aid cast. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it, man. Talk soon. Yep, later. 
Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, it's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers are back from the break. Let me go ahead and fill up that glass before we get started with that Honolulu Blue flavored delicious Kool-Aid. Drink it in, man. Side of cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. <laughs> now, I want to give a quick shout out. I'm not going to play them yet on the show, but I'm archiving them. They may turn into sound bites. They may pop up on a later episode, but... I just want to give a quick shout out to two people that called in that made me laugh and that had some funny mannerisms and some takes. And that's my guy, Cornbread Jerry, <laughs> called in and had a good call, a good take. My only critique, Cornbread Jerry, is you didn't end strong. You kind of came in, you had your take, I liked it, you had a little something, but then you just disappeared at the end. You need to like end it with something strong you need to slam the phone down i need i'm out i need a, a like a gimmick from the kool-aid cast you need to use before you get up out of here but other than that it was a good call keep calling in you might get on here yes i'm calling out you bo defrisco you said you're gonna call the show you said you're busy you said you got this and that going on i still haven't got a call into the kool-aid cast live from you bo that's b-e-a-u I mean, Bo knows, right? You know what the number is, right? 989-272-3484. I need a call from you. And then I'm going to give another shout out to, like, this guy. (laughs) 
he he left multiple voicemails and they all make me laugh. I mean, the guy on Twitter is at the Motor City Boys. I mean, he he's he's calling in the Kool Aid Cast line, giving like Super Bowl twenty twenty three predictions. He he's got the good gravelly voice. He's given the energy that I need on the calls, but it's just not there yet. I need a little something, something. I need a little bit more. If you're gonna call in, we're gonna put it here on the pod. But both those calls got me hype. They made me laugh. Cornbread Jerry did his thing. I'm waiting for Bo. You guys know who else you are. I've hit you up on Twitter. I've got after you saying, "Come on, man, let's call in." We've had some other texts and calls, some other people which want to keep this mojo going with the Kool-Aid cast line because I think it'd be really fun to now hear from more from the Kool-Aid drinkers. But when the Lions start getting W's, when we start beating up on the Philadelphia Eagles, who's going to be like the first 50 people that call the Kool-Aid cast line? That's what I want to know because I want to hear all those voicemails right after the game. I want to hear uh, takes the day after, the day before when you called your shot, all that type of stuff. So... Uh, I just thought I'd start off this this last segment with that. I also want to thank you guys so much for listening to the show, as well as always go and check out those sponsors, realitysportsonline.com. I also haven't shouted these guys out in a while, but I just want to give them props. Uh, PFF All-22 Fantasy Football. This is a tremendous platform. If you love the game of football, if you love the draft, you love being a GM in your own world, even though we're busy with work and family and kids and this and that, like PFF all 22 is where it's at, man. You get to draft a full team. You get points based on how the PFF scores that player plus their position, weight, value. Um, It's really simple to do and really fun, so go check that out, as well as all the other great sponsors like Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, you know, all the things that keep the show going, as well as you incredible Kool-Aid drinkers that support the show, that donate monthly, weekly, whatever it may be, just a little something-something because you enjoy the show. I make you laugh from time to time. You you like the sound drops. And, I mean, you're just some of the great, uh, the great folks out there. You know, we couldn't do it without the people. And the people consist of the millions. Exactly. I mean, if we got millions and millions of Kool-Aid drinkers and listeners, I mean, we, we need a few more donations, a few more checking out of our sponsors a few more uh hey telling a friend to check this show out you know every little bit helps so let's get this last part rolling the last part in the show that i wanted to talk about was the schedule that came out i'm not gonna give you my way too early crazy okri predictions right now because to be honest I really haven't even dug into it that much. I know I sound like Dan freaking Campbell right now. I mean, next thing you know, I might be saying this. This place has been kicked. It's been battered. It's been bruised. And I can sit up here and give you coach speak all day long. That uh, None of that matters, and you guys don't want to hear it anyway. You've had enough of that shit, so. Exactly. You guys have had enough of that. I got to find, where's the shorter, the mix that I put together? It's only like 10 seconds. I keep hitting the one that's like the two-minute version. We're going to bite a kneecap off. Here we we're go. We're going to smile at you. We're going to take your other kneecap. We're going to smile at you. And when we do, we're going to take another hunk out of you. We're going to be the last one standing. All right? That's going to be the mentality. <laughs> so I sound, I don't sound like that guy, but I kind of do because I'm telling you I haven't really looked at the schedule. Because to me, 
they make that big deal about it and we're kind of itching like oh i can't wait to see the lions play obviously all those leaks come out right before so you kind of know the schedule beforehand nobody's trying to watch the rich eisen and company go on a four-hour special about everybody but the detroit lions on the nfl schedule release but what I just took away from it was, other than that opener against Philly, it starts out pretty soft. Lions hopefully get off to a good start. You've got all 1 o'clock games, which you can, some people might boo-hoo about. You heard me and Logan talk about it a little bit. Like, I love it. Absolutely love it. I mean, that's that's just such consistency for this team. That's them earning those primetime games if they get flexed out later in the year. That's them having the opportunity to sink their teeth into the season week after week without going on the West Coast and playing at night, playing on a Thursday night, playing on a you know short week, all that type of stuff. Just take care of your business every week and show up on Thanksgiving for your biggest test of the year against the Buffalo Bills and try to show out that day. Try to try to play great on a national stage against that incredible football team. So I, I love what I saw from the schedule. Um, I will do the Oakry way too hilarious, um, you know, breakdown here probably soon at some point. And what I'll do is I'm going to start at 10 wins and work my way up. You know, we got that extra game now, so it even makes it more plausible. But that's what I've always done. I, why am I going to start off and be some non-Kool-Aid drinker and start at six seven eight i mean that's that's weak sauce right there you started 10 wins as kyle brandt said and let's work our way up see if we get up to 10 11 12 somewhere in that range i mean that's that's what a true kool-aid drinker would do and a big time diehard fan of lions don't you think drink it in <laughs> so i'll definitely get that in um again don't worry about the no prime time you are going to have to worry about Thanksgiving. That's going to be a big-time ball game. The opener, I think, is going to be really important. A high-octane Philly team now with quarterback, couple wides, you know, a couple different running backs to give you trouble, you know, decent players on defense. I'm sure they'll add a bet or two to that defense before it's we get there. But And we might not have J-Mo. We might not have J-Mo at that point. So once we get him on the field, I feel like that's going to change his team from top to bottom. You know, if we can tread water and, and be 500 or better and the kid gets right and he's ready to go, I know you hate to put that much on a rookie or a, 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 a wide receiver, but I think he just changes the game, you know, with his speed, with his ability, with his playmaking, with the ability to score from anywhere on the field. It's going to be really fun, and I think it's going to happen really quick. I'm not one of these people that are going to, oh, you know, let's let's wait till week, you know, 10. Let's not rush it. Maybe week 10 it comes. Maybe we'll rush. Maybe we'll redshirt him. Maybe we shouldn't play the kid. Really? You're not going to play the kid that you took 12 overall, that you moved up for, that says he's going to be healthy by training camp? No. You're going to play him the minute that the doctors say he can play, the minute J-Mo says, I'm ready to go, and he, gets a, he has enough practices under his belt where you know he's in shape, ready to roll. You're going to put him out there. You're going to make him your number one ride receiver. Sorry, DJ Chark. Sorry, Reynolds. Um, sorry, Amon Ra. It's going to be J-Mo and Amon Ra in the slot with TJ out there doing what he does as well so i can't wait to see it i think this is a good schedule for the lines i do think they can make some damage i do think that they could have a nice season um you know gonna have to stay healthy gonna have to um you know figure out how to distribute the football now that we have two running backs offensive line two three four stop me 
four or five type receivers that can all make plays. Um, you know, a, a tight end that should be able to really do some things this year. I'm really hoping that he shows out. And I'm not even worried about the numbers as much as I'm worried about them finding the open guy. And I'm talking to you, Jared Goff. I'm talking to you, number 16, about throwing multiple spirals this year per game. That's more than one if you're counting at home. I need to see better throws. I need to see tighter spirals. I need to see better downfield throws. I'm rooting for you. Prove me wrong, please, because you have ball players now at the skill positions. You have a line that they can stay right, should keep you clean, and hopefully you can make plays. So, everybody, I'm going to come back to you next week talking schedule, news and notes, probably more draft talk because that's kind of what I do. But for this show, I gave you my crucial draft guys in those middle-late rounds to watch. I got to talk with Logan Lamary and Deer Sports Illustrated All Lions. I got to hype up some of the Kool-Aid drinkers calling that Kool-Aid cast listener line, which is 989-272-3484. And I got to tell you that this is a great schedule and going to be a great season for the Detroit Lions. Drink it in, man. Cornbread! I'll catch you next week right here on the D. Troy Goulet cast. Okay, everybody. I'm out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.